Where Kindness Lives is designed to cultivate a kinder world by helping to inform and inspire. Hosted by Jenny Sager from Nextdoor, the neighborhood network connecting you to what truly matters so you can belong. We'll chat to the most thought-provoking individuals paving the way for positive change and hear from neighbors who deliver small acts of kindness every day. So come on a journey to where kindness lives. Hey everyone, I'm Jenny Sager, and my guest today is impossible to put in any sort of box or category. You'll get what I mean in a second. Flex Mommy is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, DJ, TV presenter, model, and social media star. She was even named Instagram's Young Entrepreneur in 2020. Flex is passionate about bringing conversations surrounding identity and mental health to everyday mainstream dialogue. I know we're going to have some fun today. Flex, welcome to Where Kindness Lives. I love it here. (laughs) So first, we want to ask you, what does kindness mean to you? So kindness for me is the ability to extend yourself for somebody else without, um, with, without any consideration for what you get in return. And I think people be like, oh, I do that all the time. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm talking extent, like to, to go out of what's comfortable for you for the sake of somebody else, not because you're a martyr, but because you're aware that it's nice to be of service to people. It's nice to be responsible for people around you. Well, you have said that you basically get paid just to be yourself, yeah. which I love because you're just fully authentic. How did you get there? Well, it's <laughs> a hectic question. Uh, the easiest way I can describe it is that I was working full time in PR. And the only reason why I got a job in PR is because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was told that I should be a lawyer because I was an argumentative child. Now <laughs> I know that was an insult. But um, I was watching The Hills, which was a reality TV show. The Hills. Yeah, we love. Spidey and Spencer. Literally. Spidey, Spidey, Spidey. Spidey. But I loved Kelly Catrone. She was the big boss PR maven who just got stuff done. I was like, I want to do that. I want to show up to work, wear cute outfits and get stuff done. Turns out that's not really what PR is before you're good at it. But then as I was in that job, I was getting burnt out. And I was like, why don't I just get a more fun job? Became a door girl at a local Sydney club which then turned into me befriending the club promoters and then becoming a DJ. And that marks the start of Flex. Wow, that Fascinating, is awesome. Right? <laughs> Even being a DJ is that's a, not an easy space to break into. No, and I guess I didn't know I was breaking into it. The job that I was getting was being the door girl. That mm. was the job. The DJ thing was, you know, uh, I was – observing that they were paying DJs to be there playing from nine to midnight. And back in those days, you don't get to the club until midnight, 1am. So I was like, well, why don't I do it? Because I'm already here. Right. And they're like, sure, you can do that. And even when I was DJing hours and hours a week, I was like, well, I could never be a DJ. It's not a real job. (laughs) And then my brother was like, well, why don't you just do it? And then if it's not a real job, like you say, you can just stop doing it and go back to your real job. I love that. My mom is still telling me to get a real job. job. (laughs) Seriously. I'm like, oh my God, how long has it been? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. You have been called Australia's Chrissy Teigen, which is monumental. I mean, Chrissy Teigen is one of the biggest stars on the planet, especially when it comes to social media. And you also won Instagram's, was it um, Influencer of the Year? It was um, was Instagram's Young Entrepreneur. And then it was- online social star of the year. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of things. Can you believe that? And how has that changed things for you? Well, it's odd because it goes back to this idea of, you know, non-traditional creative jobs, not being seen as real jobs, let alone something that you can get accolades for. Uh, but I do like the legitimacy of it. And it is nice to be 
regarded and rewarded for something that you do put a lot of effort into that is constantly demeaned by the internet. <laughs> but it's nice to say award-winning influencer has a, has a ring to has, it. Has a good ring, but you do so much. You're an author, <laughs> DJ, influencer, radio host, podcast host. I mean, a lot of things, which we're going to talk to you about most of them. But you have also said that the key to becoming a better critical thinker is reading a fictional book, oh, yeah. ideally fantasy. Mm. Tell me about that. How I does fantasy help you in the real world? So <laughs> the way that fiction helps you become a better critical thinker is that you have to constantly imagine and reason things that don't physically exist, things that are not materialized in front of you, things that you cannot go and touch and explore and change. And often you find yourself following these storylines that you don't identify with. And you have to consider all these social norms and rights and wrongs and weaknesses and context and subtext that dictates why it makes sense in that reality. And the only way you enjoy the book is if you fully emerge yourself into that reality, taking yourself out of that experience. And so if you bring that to the real world, I think a lot of us struggle with critical thinking or even empathizing with other people because it's so hard for us to even consider or conceptualize that our own experience is in the center of everybody's experience. And the kind of like humility and creativity and imagination that's required to again, extend outside of your own reality to center somebody else's is really difficult. And I don't think we get enough practice doing that. And, you know, practicing in real life, not the most safe thing to do, often quite dangerous, but practicing in an alternate reality uh, and challenging yourself to immerse yourself, I think it can help. You had a pretty funny moment a few days ago where you saw somebody wearing something of yours and we want to play that soundbite because oh, yeah. we were all laughing so hard because you did share it on You your said Instagram. no incriminating information, but I guess I we'll do it. Let's do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. I did have to break the Allegedly. law to capture this moment, but what is done is done. This hottie risking their arm to show me they bought my apparel. Flex. Oh yes. my gosh. Such a funny moment. We promise we will not tell the police where you are. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what was going on. Well, do you know, I keep saying that I'm very good at, um, I just feel like You've seen Inception, right? This yep. idea that once you're in this dream state, you constantly are able to um, immerse yourself and create things happening around you. I feel like I'm doing that constantly because in that moment, I was lamenting the fact that I was spending a lot of time doing what I didn't want to be doing. And I was like, I just want to be able to create more things, like use my two hands and create something. And in that same moment, I saw someone, two cars in front of me who kept turning back. But the kind of look that I was getting, I couldn't place. I thought, did I cut you off? Are you trying to give me a, a dirty look? I couldn't figure it out. And so I was trying to ignore them, but I was like, you keep looking at me and I don't know what's happening. Then I saw some ruffling. I was like, what is going on? It kind of felt road ragey a little bit. <laughs> Anyway, and so uh, eventually this person gets my eye and they're holding my hoodie outside of the car. And I'm like, this doesn't happen to people. These things do not happen. And though I can't take credit for it, there's something about right place, right time, being aware of my surroundings, being willing to potentially do something incriminating to document that experience. All of these things were so subject to chance and could have not happened had I been a little bit slower, a little bit faster in my head, listening to a podcast, all of the factors that were required to capture that moment just lined up I so I could those. capture it. I love those moments of like synchronicity yeah. that happen. It's just crazy, isn't it? I, and sliding doors moments as well. Yes. So. Gives me a lust for life. I'm like, what else could happen? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You talk about also empowerment and spe specifically female empowerment. Mm. 
in the world of social media, how hard is that to do? I think that it's harder with social media just because candidly speaking, the world needs you to hate yourself for it to just keep going. Like for people to remain subservient and um, unable to assert themselves and use their own agency. You have to fundamentally hate yourself, hate your life, hate your surroundings. And I think it takes a very particular person to suppress that feeling and to rise above it consistently and continuously and with compassion and to do it in a way that resonates with other people. And so it is difficult, but I think it's really necessary. Do you have moments where you still doubt yourself though, where you just, you know, we all kind of have, as we love to call imposter syndrome, which I actually really don't like that name because I think Mm. you've got to just power through it. But do you have those days when you're like, oh, it's not the doubt for me. It's recognizing that I can't do it all in just a really obvious sense. And I, I don't think a lot of people resonate with that sentiment because I am someone who feels as though because I want to, I can. And so I will. And it was always really simple for me. And then you kind of hit 25, 26, 27, 28. You're like, okay. So turns out there's more at play here than my own willpower. Um, And so that gets me down, having to negotiate with myself constantly and say, well, if you do this, you can't do that. Are you fine with that? No, I'm not. So now what? I don't know. (laughs) But that's what I struggle with a lot, like allowing myself to just recognize that fact and it's really tricky because it is the antithesis of how I want to show up in the world. I want to just do stuff because I can, because I've chosen to. And Not how, the case. Do you, how do you then build that like thick skin being in the social media space? Because obviously I'm assuming not every single comment that you get or message that you get is positive. If, if it, if it is, you're probably the only person on the planet that's experiencing that. Do you know what? My space is overwhelmingly positive and not because everybody loves me, but I think it's because I made a considered effort to get people to humanize me. So to know that like, I see your message and I'm going to respond to you and I'm going to ask you to use your manners and I'm going to I'm going to interact with you as you interact with me. So that works really well for Instagram. TikTok is a lawless place. Yeah. Well, and it actually relates exactly to next door because we make sure that everyone confirms our identity and we make sure they live where they say they live. So Mm -hmm. it creates that accountability. It's exactly like you're saying, you're not going to say something bad about someone you could potentially run into in the cafe or the coffee shop later because you know who they are. So if you can do that in your Instagram then you're good. Like you've created that safe space where people can't just hide behind the computer and think they can get away with it for you. Absolutely. And I wonder why that kind of behavior finds itself on social media, because I understand that social media is a manifestation of what we do in the real world. And so I feel like this accountability system should just transfer, but I guess it doesn't. You have said that you don't have to be exceptional to be successful. And I really Mm. loved that quote of yours. And you said you just need to learn the algorithm. Can you explain that one a bit? Yes. And so when I said you don't have to be exceptional to be successful, I mean it in the most practical way ever. I feel like a lot of people are waiting to be the best, to be the first, to be the only. And that spot is taken. But by, yet, by who? By somebody else somewhere. You know, no matter where you shop, there's someone who's going to be smarter, hotter, prettier, you know, kinder, nicer. Okay. So you got to be there too. So what's the plan? You know, I think people often use this uh, aspiration to be exceptional as this like invisible barrier to not. Because well, I can't be the best. I'm not going to do it at all. And it's like, oh, 
what if you could just be average and still do it? Now you'll find the real excuse. Well, I don't feel like I've got the right skills and I don't feel supported. Okay, cool. Then let's focus on that, not you pretending that you can't shop where you want to. I also really feel excited about agency. I know the world we live in. I'm very aware of all the external factors that will stop someone from doing what they want and being who they can, but we're all aware of that. So knowing what you know, now what? (laughs) And often the now what is in your habits and your agency and your conviction and how willing you are to fail loudly and succeed quietly and to continue without recognition, all of these things uh, knowing them and and doing it anyway is going to get you to where you need to be sooner than you trying to be the best. And it's so much more relatable, isn't it? Like I think when platforms like Instagram first started, it was the whole, everyone had to be super polished and look at how amazing my life is and everything's perfect. And we saw so many mental health issues from that around the world, everywhere. And I think now we're thankfully in this space where people just want people like you who are real and authentic. We had Jessica Rowe on this podcast series recently, and I love that she's just owning, as she likes to say, crap housewife, right? Being a crap housewife. And I think this like turning in the life cycle of social media to just being real and just being relatable, is just so much better, isn't it? Absolutely. I do think though that the the fundamental issue with social media is that we're not meant to perceive ourselves and each other so much, like so much of how someone shows up in the world is whether or not they're fit for consumption. It's like, go get a trade, babe. (laughs) Like go learn how to cut down a tree (laughs) because, you know, think about, you know, I, I think about when my mum explained to me how she grew up and it's like, no, you're up at 4am and at 5am you're going to the well to get water. You're doing the one hour walk there, the one hour walk back. When you come back, you're cooking for your siblings. So much time to not be thinking about your identity or, you know, the concept of self, all of that stuff is so, um, it's just such a big burden to carry, having to be so aware of who you are and how you fit in all of this. Definitely. And we obviously work a lot in the community space and people like your mom who grew up in those areas where community is so strong, you see the impact in both mental and physical health. And I think when you're living in the big cities, mm-hmm. often that sense of community, you have to really work to get it back. 100%. How do you find your community in somewhere like a big city like this that you're living in? It is so tricky because I used to go for quantity over quality. I was like, I need the the biggest group of people that I could lean on for any given thing. And the bigger the number, the better. Um, But no, I feel like community is almost like the, the seedling. It's the two, three people, you know, that you feel responsible for and they feel responsible for you and it, you can show up for each other. And from there, like give it time, that seed will blossom into a beautiful flower or a palm tree, who knows? But I think that is much more achievable for people. Where kindness lives, we'll be back in a moment. Hey, you know what's really great for earning some extra cash? Nextdoor's for sale and free. Basically, it's where you go on and you can sell things that you have lying around the house. You can even swap them with neighbors, like household appliances, gardening items, pet supplies, furniture. You can really put anything on there. It's really simple. Just look around your house, see what you're not using anymore, and I bet somebody is going to want it in the neighborhood. And guess what? It also keeps waste out of the landfill and helps the environment, which is 
really, really awesome. And it's so easy to use. Just download the free Nextdoor app or go to nextdoor.com and start turning that trash into treasure right now. You're listening to Where Kindness Lives, and we are chatting with Flex today. One of the things that you have also done in the long list of amazing things you're doing is creating the card game, Reflex, which I particularly love because it relates so much to Nextdoor because it's all about icebreakers, isn't it? And about giving people a start to building meaningful conversations, which is what we do connecting strangers all over the world in their neighborhoods. So why do you think that's important to have those meaningful conversations? And why did you kick this off? I, yeah, I mean, it was too pronged because the reason why it started was at the time I was hosting a podcast with this woman called Bobo and our first podcast episode was the first long form conversation we'd ever had. And I was just like, I want to talk with, to someone about philosophy and psychology and just abstract concepts for fun. And as the podcast grew and people came to find out that we didn't know each other and that we were learning each other publicly. They were like, but how are you asking these questions? How are you having these conversations? It must be impossible. You must be the exception to the rule. And I would just say, just ask better questions. Just ask a question, ask something, be intentional, be engaged. And all of these things sound simple, but not really. And so first it was a PDF full of questions that I would send through. And I was like, no, I want to bring this to the club. I want to bring it to the bar. Um, But then I was noticing that the conversations were not just so people could mimic what I was doing, but I was like, whoa, if you cannot fundamentally recreate a moment of connection in your own spaces, we have a bigger problem here. You don't need the cards. <laughs> like, I, I feel like you're you're missing how to resonate with people. And that is a very spooky thing to come to terms with. And if I'm observing it in you and you're not seeing it, we've got a bigger problem. And so I find the cards are really helpful because it gives people what they're looking for, which is permission, permission to share, permission to speak, permission to disagree, permission to agree. And I didn't know people needed that because I guess, you know, I'm the center of my universe. I feel comfortable expressing myself. It's hard to imagine that someone would feel as though like, you know, bringing this game to their friends um, as a kind of like, you know, it's the game that's asking the questions and you can engage if you want to or not. It's really, really awesome. But it's taught me so much about people. And I thought that I was perceptive, but I realized that I was only seeing the world through my very specific lens. For example, if I play the game or when I've played it with a bunch of 50 year olds, right? Overwhelmingly, there's this kind of like, it's not necessarily closed mindedness, but this disinterest in expanding on a thought because it's been so long since someone has maybe asked them what they think or, or since so long since somebody's expected that they would have a thought that is new or up to date or the presumption that we must all think the same way because we've, we've lived so for so long and had so many shared experiences. Or I remember when I was at a festival once uh, doing Vox Pops and interviewing people and the one question that people refuse to answer. I mean, this got people so just like uncomfortable. They scowled. They were like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing this game anymore. The question was, tell me one thing you like about yourself. And I, I have never been in so many consecutive uncomfortable situations where people went from light and airy and optimistic to just like rigid and uncomfortable and even a bit angry. 
And I bet the sad thing about that is if you ask them, tell me one thing you don't like about yourself, oh, they could rattling name off. Exactly. Rattling off. Exactly. That's so sad. I was like, this is not the environment for that. Okay, well, now I that. have to ask you, what's, thing, what's one thing you like about yourself? So many. <laughs> All right, give us one. I like my imagination. I really do. I spend so much of my time in my head. Like I could spend an hour before bed just with my eyes closed thinking about stuff and smiling and just laughing. And it must look deranged, but I'm like, there's so much in there that interests me. Okay. And what about you? Oh, that is actually a really hard question. You're not lying. That's, that's a tricky one. <laughs> it's um, a setup. Okay. Well, I think maybe I'd go with two things. So one is I can talk to anyone. Yeah. So I like that. I can, I don't, you know, I can walk into a party where I know no one and strike up a conversation. And then I think the other one is that kind of an optimist at heart. So I, I always just look for the positive side and I wouldn't say that I was necessarily always born that way, but Mm. I think it was something that I learned over the years of just, you know, you're just going to be, yeah, exactly. It's a choice and that you're just going to life's just going to be better if you can kind of find the positive angle. And I think you just have to think about the journey that you're on and when things, you know, so-called bad things happen, you just realize that's just part of my journey. That's just another chapter in the book. And like, this is what I've learned out of that or whatever. So I think I'd go with those two. What advice would you give to someone who's maybe a bit more introverted and maybe kind of struggles a little bit in those social situations or thinking of something to say? Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one though, because, you know, people are difficult to speak to. I get it. The first thing I do, if you think you're a super introvert is to ask someone a question that gives them an opportunity to talk about something they enjoy. So like, oh my God, what's exciting you these days or whatever it might be, or like, um, what's the last really great thing you watched? And then someone can rattle on about something that makes them excited. Now they're smiling and they're animated and they're creating a comfortable space for you to now, you know, jump in where you can. I think that's always a really great one. That is awesome advice. Yeah. Really really good. How did you become this kind of mental health advocate? And was there a turning point in your life where you realized, hey, this is a space I really want to work in? I just think it, it happened through perception first, not through practice. And so people would ask me about my mentality or ask me about how I saw the world or, or how I created resilience. And I can always pin it back to certain moments, whereas a skill I needed to learn for my own benefit. I remember I went on a trip to Ghana a couple of years ago from Milan because I was there for work and I was like, I'll just pop down to Ghana. It'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the tickets were only $800 in comparison to the ones that I just bought a couple of weeks ago for December, about $5,000. That's a lot of money. So I was like, let's just go. Um, but I am an Australian citizen, not a Ghanaian citizen. And so you can't just walk into a country, you need a visa. I didn't have one. So that was issues at the airport. And then I was stranded in Milan. And then when I finally got the visa and the ticket, it was five flights there instead of one and each one was delayed and each one I had to stay the night and miss another flight and miss my connecting. It was just like one thing after the other. And every single time something went wrong, I was in hysterics. It was like the first time something had gone wrong and I just couldn't be resilient because in my mind's eye, bad things don't happen to me. You know, I was like, this is impossible. Well, how could this happen again? As opposed to creating an environment where I had the tools to, you know, bolster myself and to get through it. And so it was things like that where I was sharing my experience in that way and saying, oh, isn't this bizarre that a full grown adult had to learn 
in hindsight, what resilience was. What was I doing the whole time? Yeah, but we never stop learning, <laughs> do we? No. Well, and as you mentioned, you were born and raised in Australia, mm. but your mom's from Ghana. How many times have you been back? And what, with maybe your most recent trip, mm. what did you notice about the community there that then you took home with you? I've been there heaps. Like, uh, so yeah, born in Australia, when I was younger, I would say up until about year seven, year eight, my mum was the type of mum who would take us out of school at the end of the year. We just go to Ghana for three months, that kind of mum. Thank you. So maybe I'd been, I don't know, five times when I was younger, then stopped up until I was at 22 because then I had to pay for it myself. It's very (laughs) expensive. And then in the last kind of five, six years, I've been three or four times. I took my best friend last time because why not? The one thing that I always take back from Ghana when I come back to Sydney is just the kind of vitality that is in the air. I know that a place like Ghana isn't enticing to someone who's in the West. They're like, I don't understand. There's sewage everywhere. People living below the poverty line. You know, the Wi-Fi is bad, whatever. But I'm like, yeah. And despite that, the vibes are up. People are dancing on the street, singing. Somebody's heckling me. Oh, smooth skin. You look so beautiful. God bless you. And I'm like, thank you. And then I'm getting in a car and someone's like offering to like help out. And it's just this, 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 environment of giving to give not to receive and again the vibes are up and I just cannot explain to you my friend was like oh I didn't even notice that the world felt like it was in sepia tone when we got there because we've come back to Sydney and everything's cool tone I'm like exactly exactly yeah it's interesting isn't it when you travel I think it's almost like the I don't want to say the less that people have the happier they are but like this the sense of community is stronger mm-hmm. they're definitely happier the vibe is better I could not agree more you know whether it's Central America or Africa or India you notice it straight away and also the the bonds between family and friends and it just it's just so much stronger isn't it it really is and it's not something you can explain unfortunately and it's really not something you can replicate without it coming from very genuine place as well. I think that you can maybe emulate what it is to like give to your neighbor and start a community. But, um, there's something about going to a place where it's it's interwoven in the way people are. Definitely. Well, you're spreading that to <laughs> your neighborhood. So I want to play you a story about a boy named Jesse. He's 11 years old. I have actually met Jesse before and he's amazing. He set up this, oh, I guess I'd call it almost like a stall um, on a walking trail where he just sells, you know, snacks and water and whatever. He's 11 years old. So he's kind of started Genius. his own business here. It's funny. Cause I walked by him one day and I didn't have any cash cause who carries cash anymore. Mm. And I had gone for a really big walk and I was like, saw him and I was like, Oh my God, oh my God, you have the stand. This is amazing. And then I was like, do you take a card or like Apple pay or something? And he was like, no cash only. And I was like, Oh, God, you really need to get square or something like that. And then boom, like two or three weeks later, sorted. Jesse takes square. Jesse takes all forms of payment now. My little cafe is a one-on-one with Jesse. Exactly. So I want to play this. This is actually a video that one somebody who lives in Jesse's neighborhood posted on next door just showing off what Jesse did. Uh, I'm 11, yeah. And what school do you go to, Jesse? Uh, Bronte Public. And Jesse, this is your business, right? This is what you're doing. You're running Jesse's shop. Yeah. Uh, just show me, tell me, how do you make payment if I want to make some payment? Uh, if you don't have cash, I can do card. Or if you don't have card, I could also on your uh, phone, I could do a bank account transfer. Oh, right. And now tell me, uh, how did you work out how to uh, use uh, your payment system? So what, that's uh, uh, Card, it's really 
easy. You really just order uh, the square or line and just set it up um, to your bank account and yeah, it goes through the straight. Awesome. Jesse, mate, good, good job. Well done. Thanks. Look forward to seeing the big Jesse grow into a huge enterprise. Jesse's enterprises. Well done, mate. That's so cute. And shout out to the guy who's interviewing him because it's always nice to empower young people. I often forget myself that when I was little, I would have loved for an, an adult to acknowledge me. Just be like, you're doing amazing stuff. You're so cool. This is awesome. It's really sweet. It's a good reminder for everyone to kind of give back. Mm -hmm. So do you have any tips being a young entrepreneur yourself? Do you mm -hmm. have any tips for kids like Jesse who are listening of, you know, kicking off your own business, getting yourself out there? I always say just start. You don't know what you don't know and it doesn't become more clear until you've done it. And I feel like for most people, they won't ever start because they're waiting for that one bit of advice that just resonates so well or sets them up in the way that they want to be set up or creates a really clear path to where they're trying to go. And it's like, no, just start. I promise you tomorrow's path will be more clear than yesterday's path. Um, so we're going to play the kind carousel and this is where we get to ask you all kinds of questions. So here we go. Um, best book you've ever read. You mentioned a fav uh, favorite <gasps> fantasy novel, but let's go best book in general. Best book I've ever read because of when I read it and how it, you know, changed the path of my life is Personality Plus, How to Understand People by Understanding Yourself by Florence Litauer. And I read it when I was 18 and I was like, whoa. Because I had big main character syndrome in the sense that I just could not fathom that other people had thoughts and experiences and stuff. Because up until that point, I was the center of my world. I think my my mom and my siblings oriented around me or in a way that made me feel really important. And I felt like I was lacking a certain bit of awareness for other people that I definitely needed. That book helped me out. That sounds like a must read. Okay, tips from a DJ, top three music artists that you're listening to right now. Oh, so tricky. I've gone back to listening to music I was listening to when I was uh, 13. So <laughs> it's just a bunch of pop punk. But I want to shout out some local Australian artists because that's always fun. So let's do Cosmos, Midnight, TK Maidza oh, and TK. Uh, Kai. Great ones, great ones. I also have gotten I've regressed lately. I'm listening to a lot of salt and pepper again lately. Yeah, like what? I mean, I was like, I don't even know how they old do I was say once young. you get to a certain age, it's <laughs> like it's like really hard, <laughs> yeah, to retain new music. <laughs> totally, it's so true. What about the kindest celebrity you've met? For me, it was actually Dustin Hoffman. He was like, really? oh my god, one of the nicest people I've ever met. What about for you? Probably Guy Sebastian. Oh, so, <laughs> so nice. nice. Honestly, one of the nicest people on the planet. And by the way, Guy, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on this podcast. <laughs> and actually, I was going to tell a guy's story earlier, which my weird moment of synchronicity was that I was listening to a Guy Sebastian song and I looked to my, looked to my left and Guy Sebastian is sitting in the car next to me. See? And I was like, oh! And now we're talking about him now. This doesn't happen accidentally. Well, it was so funny because my 11-year-old was in the car and he was so embarrassed because I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like, guys, smash him with the seat, guys, smash And he was like, mom, put the window up. Put the window up. Okay, when you're out at a restaurant, what is your go-to order? A hot chip. Nobody does a hot chip terribly. Even the worst restaurant can knock together 
a bit of a fry. Put some salt on it and it's good to go. That's true. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. What do you have coming out that people should be looking for? And for people listening all over the world, where should they find you? Whoa, big questions. What do I have coming out? Um, more of the same. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That was a good movie too. Uh, and if you want to find me, just flexmommy.com and then everything you need is there. If you so, if you seek it, it will find you. The algorithm works. <laughs> well, you're going to get a lot of people seeking you, even more so than you have already. Thank you so much for your time today. And of course, if you want to start connecting with your neighbors, you can download Nextdoor anywhere in the world and also just head to, head to nextdoor.com. Thanks so much, Flex. Yay, thank you.